I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hello, and welcome to Automating Success Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Langton. I'm a serial entrepreneur and president of Langton Group, working towards uniting the landscaping industry and helping everyone to not only survive, but thrive during the upcoming automation revolution. Our goal with this show is to inspire all of our listeners to incorporate automation into their business and maximize the associated benefit for your business and employees by sharing experiences, insights, and amazing interviews with the best thought leaders in the industry. We will also be chronicling the growth of newest automation-focused startup venture, Automated Outdoor Solutions. Now let's get the show started. Hello, uh, Automating Success uh, followers. I'm your host, Joe Langton, and I have Guy today. Guy is with um, Unlimited Robotics, and this is kind of a different... uh, a different robot than you're used to seeing on the show. Uh, it's it's actually, in my opinion, one of the coolest, most cutting edge things uh, that I that I've seen so far. But I'm going to let Guy explain it, uh, kind of break into, you know, who he is, what what the product is, and what inspired you to make the product. So, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Joe. Really appreciate your time and the audience time. I really, really flattered to have have been participating in this show. Uh, My name is Guy. I'm the CEO of Unlimited Robotics. Uh, We are a startup currently located in Israel, but we do have other offices in Georgia, in Colombia, and in California. Uh, We have teams spreaded and helping us to build what we believe to be a game changer in the robotic field. And I'll explain. Um, Usually what we see today in most cases are robots that can only perform one action. And besides that fact, it's very, very challenging for any developer to build robotic applications. Why? Because they need the hardware. They need to understand how to uh, program for that specific hardware. They need to know the mapping, the navigation, and a lot of elements that not necessarily a standard programmer can understand and 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 can program with this is why we built unlimited robotics and we offer basically two platforms the first one is gary named after my three kids gali rani and yael so gary is a multifunctional robot it has 20 sensors three cameras the ability to move in the space the ability to navigate uh, it has two arms it can carry on a baggage of almost seven kilos it can climb upstairs it can communicate with you in different types of interactions and more and more and the way we built it is to make it very simple and easy for any software developer to build applications on Gary exactly like people today are doing for Android device or for the App Store. Imagine that a certain programmer wants to help Joe to find a solution to his laundry problem. Joe works all day. And he doesn't have anyone that takes out the laundry from the laundry machine and puts it in the dryer, waiting for Joe to come back from work completely dry. Gary will be able to do that. A programmer will be able to build an application designed specifically for that. Imagine a person who has a physical disability and the grocery store just delivered the weekly 
delivery for that person's house. Gary will be able to pick up, to identify each of the groceries in the bag, place them in the right cabinet, in the refrigerator, and bring that person with a physical disability, the banana that that person wants sit while sitting in the living room. There is an unlimited amount of options and possibilities to program Gary, and we made it extremely easily for any software developer to just continue with their ongoing programming coding as they know it, and we allow them with our technology to build different apps for different use cases, home environment, business environment, offices, and more. So I hope I've been able to explain what we do because we're super excited about that. So I'm super excited about it. So in, in, I, I had said to you before in, in my pre-show research, um, I, I actually went online, uh, saw how easy you make it to book one of these things. So so, so first thing, I, I was telling my fiance about it and she went, so does it go upstairs? And, and I was like, ah, it doesn't look like it. Maybe we'll get one for each floor or something, you know, because I, I'm, I'm being serious. Like I, I'm going to get one of these. And, but now you say it climbs upstairs. So first yes. of all, uh, I'm interested because when people go online, they're going to see this. So how, how does it, how does that happen? How does it navigate stairs? I'm, I'm interested in knowing that. Okay, the current version that we have in the lab has four uh, omni-mechano wheels. So they can definitely go through different types of uh, areas in the same uh, in the same floor, on the same uh, level. However, the version that will meet the end customer will have caterpillars. And those caterpillars, like a tank, will be able to climb up the stairs. And we build Gary that way that the center of heaviness of Gary would be the bottom. Why we build it that way? So he will be very, very um, um, not, I mean, it will be, it will be very difficult for any other person, like a kid, a dog, a cat, or just somebody pu pulling in uh, Gary to. I mean, to dropping to the floor. And we want to make it as stable as possible. So when he carries out the laundry bag, for example, he can also climb the stairs and not dropping it down. So the final version who will meet the customers during spring 2022 uh, will have caterpillars that will help Gary to climb up the stairs. So how many pre-orders do you have for Gary right now? Hundreds. <laughs> That's awesome. So I... I'm actually surprised it wasn't thousands. I, I, I uh, like I said, when I looked it up, I was like, wow, you know, this, this is pretty awesome. So, so a few questions, I'll just, just kind of ask questions that I've been wondering, which I'm sure a lot of people would wonder if they checked out the product. So first thing, how many apps currently are already developed for Gary? So besides the basic functionality apps, which means uh, the mapping, the navigation inside um, the, 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 the environment, the computer vision apps, for example, you send Gary to bring you the tissue, whatever, from the bathroom or whatever, we built two apps that are integrated into Gary and will be available for people to do. The first one is pick and bring. What do we mean by that is you can send Gary to your kid's room to pick up the kid's toys left on the 
uh, on the floor and place them in a certain area that you designed. One very important note that the first interactions with Gary will be very similar to hosting a 10-year-old kid in your house. I mean that you will need to teach him where to place each and every one of the parts because Gary doesn't know your house, doesn't know your preferences. And you will need to teach him, okay, Gary, this is what I consider to be a toy. Please take it and place it in the bag that is located here. Gary will perform the activity and then we'll ask you back for a feedback. Now, the great thing that we teach Gary is that during the feedback that you'll provide him, probably the feedback will be, hey, okay, Gary, you made it like a 70% uh, success. Then Gary will ask you, okay, Joe, how can I improve? What did I did wrong? You'll explain. And the next time Gary will ask a feedback again and again and again until you're happy and satisfied for the performance. From that moment on, Gary will probably make an excellent performance. The great thing is that Gary teaches other robots about this activity and about the identification of the objects. So if, for example, you have, a, I don't know, a Pokemon doll of your one of your kids lied on the floor, Gary will be able to identify that this is a toy place it in the bag, and this is what happens in Joe's house in the United States. But if Gary is now doing the same activity in the United Kingdom or in China or in Australia, and there will be a Pokemon doll on the floor, Gary will not ask again the owner of the home whether this is a doll or not. Gary will already know that this is a doll. So each of the robots spread it in the field will teach the other robots how to improve with our technology. So this is the first uh, app that will be also already integrated in the first version. The second app will be not just bring and play, bring in place, will be bring and, uh, and spread. What do I mean by that? You have, for example, dishwasher full of dishes. You will teach Gary exactly in each cupboard where to place each of the elements that are currently in the dishwasher. So the first app that you'll get will be identifying the dishwasher. You will need to teach Gary that the cup is lied here. The glass is lied there. The plate is lied here. And Gary will be able to perform that with one limitation. Gary's hands can reach up to a level of two meters and 10 centimeters. So if the cupboard is higher than that, Gary will just tell you, listen, Joe, currently uh, I have a restrictions not allowing me to place this, I don't know, cup in the upper cupboard. But this will be a restriction that will I hope that will solve eventually by the over the air we can update as well the software. But besides those two apps, we will also enable people to start downloading apps developed by third parties. For example, cleaning your toilet seat, arranging your towels in the right place, bringing stuff from one place to the other, for example, bringing the laundry, the folded laundry to different rooms inside the house, maybe even not promising, maybe even placing them in the right uh, uh, shelf. And more and more and more, 
And these are just the apps that are designed for the home environment. I'm not even talking about the apps that are designed for the office, hotels, nursing homes, and hospitals. This is a, a different conversation. Well, see, this is the conversation I kind of want to have. So maybe it's a different <laughs> podcast. Because so so one of the things uh, you know you know that I have I'm into robotic lawnmowers and stuff like that. And I saw this last night, and I said to my daughter, I said, Julia, we are going to get one of these for the dealership at, at Automated Outdoor. It's going to greet our customers when it walks in, and we're going to try to figure out like like how it basically takes people to certain areas you know and like these are the things i'm wondering if a customer walks in and it the the and gary says you know welcome to automated outdoor how can i help you and if they say well i'm looking for a husqvarna chainsaw it can say here is the husqvarna chainsaw like right I, i'm assuming these things can happen easily the way we're going to do that is from the first moment you'll get gary the first interaction will be showing him the environment and mapping together with him the environment. So Gary has a LiDAR that uh, helps him with the mapping of the environment that he arrives to. And you'll walk him through the area. Gary will know the different areas where are located, where are the locations, the coordinates and everything. And then you as a user will choose the right hexagon and define it as an area designed for, I don't know, bathroom, an area designed for greeting people, an area designed for, I don't know, uh, laundry machine room. And each, every, in each and every room will be defined by you. So next time Gary will be asked to stay in the lobby and take people or be asked to take people from the lobby to point X or point XY, he will be able to reach to the center of that specific area because it was predefined while mapping together with the host, the environment X ante. <laughs> so, so this is fascinating. So, I mean, it's, I got to be honest, it might be kind of hard for me to get through this podcast because I might just keep asking you questions for an hour and a half. You're so, welcome. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, um, so now I'm, I, you know, my mind kind of starts to go and I think, okay, let's say I leave it in my place of business or even in my home. I don't know if anybody's written this app. Maybe I need to start to write this app is, is now I'm sure you see his, say you have LIDAR. So it obviously can detect motion. I'm sure it has some onboard cameras, right? So I could literally am trying to figure out how I link this up to my security system, you know, because, Very right, you know, and, 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 and it's, it's like such a value. I mean, it's like you have a, like a 24-hour, like constant surveillance mechanism in, in your commercial facilities. So one of the main uh, apps that already been built by different developers are security surveillance applications for offices and businesses. So Gary will patrol inside the area and just be able to record or to identify, I mean, objects or things that are not supposed to be there at those, I mean, at night or, or out of work uh, hours. Definitely one of the apps that will be available in the app store for office business and maybe for home environment as well. Well, and, and, my, and my brain is going crazy with this with like, okay, so, so, you know, my company provides robotic mowing 
services, right? And, and that's why it's automated outdoor solutions. But then I'm looking at this like, well, this is an automated indoor solution. But then people come to me and say, Jill, when do you have a robot that's going to pick up dog poop? Okay. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, then I'm thinking, is this thing waterproof? Why could it not perform that task? You know, why, why can't there be an outdoor Gary and an indoor Gary, you know, and outdoor Gary. So, so has, have you guys thought about that yet too? Is that coming? You know, I, I might be really going abstract here on you, but I, it's the way my brain works. So I can't help. No, myself. no, no. Th these are amazing, amazing, amazing ideas and concepts that we are thinking about almost every day. There is a huge challenge of making a robot outdoor, which I currently afraid will make it a lot more expensive than the indoor robot. And the reason to make it much more expensive is because the entire movement process will need to be either more controlled or definitely more controlled because in outdoor, there are different types of levels. There is the... I don't know, the side steps and the road and maybe bicycle roads and, and some, you know, different types of terrains in which a standard caterpillar will can perform on, but it will take it probably longer to perform or it will be much, much more slower, which may create some kind of an odd, odd movement or something, I mean which the, the, the human eye will not be customized to see. The other element will be something pretty similar to what Boston Dynamics have been doing for the past couple of years, and they are amazing, but it's extremely expensive to have such a robot for outdoor activity. So I think that strategically, it's a great idea and something that we think of. I'm not sure how affordable it will be for the standard person, I mean, the regular person to purchase. and But definitely as time goes by and the manufacturing and the technology will be better and better, I'm pretty much sure that we will see more and more outdoor robots, more and more. But currently I'm afraid it's not so cost-effective in terms of the customer. Yeah, well, and, and like I said, I mean, it just, kind of where we're like instantly obviously I go to outside because I do outdoor automation you know but you know I I look and I, I hear you say okay hey, you can teach the robot to pick up certain clothes and you know toys and stuff like that and I'm thinking wow you know it's like even for myself the biggest hindrance for uh, outdoor like robotic mowing is Johnny leaves his baseball bat out and the robot gets caught on the bat and somebody has to go pick up the bat well if Gary could see the bat and pick up the bat and hit the start button on the robot again, boom, I don't have to send a technician out and it's totally worth it to me uh, at a monthly charge, you know? So these are things guy off, off show, we'll have to start to brainstorm together on, you know, but uh, so this is why I love the show. I'm telling you, this is the stuff that happens to me every time I have somebody on. So, so going back to the indoor Gary and, and kind of what you've developed it for. Guy, what made you decide I'm going to make a robot named after my three kids? You know, I this is like there's a need for this. I, explain that a little to us. So I have amazing three kids, but they make a lot of mess. And that drives me crazy that they place every object on the floor. They throw the towels after they, their shower and nothing is organized. And I said to myself, well, I have to solve it. 
Um, I'm not at the age that I want to go and, and chase them and yell at them, go bring back the towel to the bathroom and everything. So I decided that maybe we'll be able to build some kind of an automatic device that will perform that activity. And then I got into the robotic worlds and to the understanding how complicated it is for a regular programmer to go into the robotic worlds and build something. I'm not talking even on a multi-purpose level. I'm talking about a single functional robot, extremely, extremely difficult. I need the mapping, the navigation, the AI, the computer vision, all of those stuff. And I said, well, there are probably out there some operating system tools for, for programmers that will make it very easy for a standard programmer to develop uh, robotic applications. I couldn't find one. And then I decided, okay, I will build one. I will build an operating system that helps people like me to build apps that will be integrated into a device that can perform those activities. Now I just need to find a robot. Uh, okay, where can I find a robot? I searched for a robot and I couldn't find one. So I said, okay, I guess I need to build a robot as well. And at that point, I decided to open up Unlimited Robotics. I founded Unlimited Robotics with two amazing partners, Martin Gordon, who is heading our entire software and programming uh, department, and Dr. Ellie Kohlberg, who headed uh, the robotic departments in one of the biggest universities in Israel. And the three of us co-founded Unlimited Robotics, and we grew up to a team of almost 30 people in the past year developing the infrastructure and the operating system for other developers to build in a very, very simple way, robotic applications. So I love it. And I, I love I love even how you uh, brought up how you built a team of 30 people because um, I, I don't know if you experienced this in Israel, but out in the United States, every time a guy like me uh, starts talking about how awesome automation is, you get people saying how you're, you know, you're taking away jobs and how are all these people going to survive? And then I hear you just built a team of 30 people, probably 30 people that absolutely love what they're doing. They come to work with a smile on their face every day. Um, so that's inspiring. It's great to hear for for people listening. So so t tell me about how 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 you look at this and say, OK, there is no robot to satisfy this need. There is there's there's not software basic logic to do what I need to do. So I need to develop that too. And what made you decide to do it with a robot, not just hire just someone to clean the house? You know, uh, I don't want to call them a maid, but a housekeeper or something. Um, and what, you know, what background, obviously you obviously have a background to build this. So kind of break into that too, you know, like, like what you went to school for and what you did before you built Gary. So the thing with robots replacing employees and 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 workforce is is a subject that is close to the heart of many people and I want to refer to it like very specifically I'm not concerned of that fact I don't even think it's a problem and I'll explain I think that the workforce today is going through a certain evolution if like in the last century people were working in the beginning of the century in the field as farmers, uh, 
they have been evolved and the i mean farming has become just a small part of the entire gdp of a lot of countries so it created a different types of industry from farming to industry for for services like accounting like uh legal like marketing uh, activities and more and you see workforce that is going through a certain evolution so what i believe will happen in the next 50 years will be it's not a replacement but it's a change of people going from let's call that blue collar works you called it a maid maybe people working on the assembly line in factories maybe even farmers on certain types of activities but mostly for those repetitive boring jobs i think that for those specific activities people will now longer will be willing to work for the for those i mean minimum wage salary they will need to find and they will want to find different types of of engagements different different types of professions that will also be evolving together with the society so for those specific type of jobs i believe that robots will yes will have like a dominant part in those industries for for example uh people cleaning toilets in malls in uh, airports and uh, janitors in schools or doing stuff that is a repetitive and boring job i believe that in the next i don't know 10 years we'll be seeing more and more robots doing that type of jobs and those people are doing other stuff maybe providing services in terms of fixing those robots or doing stuff together with them uh so this is something that i wanted to refer to so you know you're totally right and you know some of the things that people don't think about you know what why 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 is the industry going this way well first of all people are just not mentally uh stimulated by tasks like washing a toilet or uh you know sweeping a floor or cutting grass okay like these these tasks are redundant there's no mental stimulation and the burnout level on jobs like this are high so and then secondly there's a lot of injuries and things that happen for those types of jobs workmen comp work workers comp rates at least in the united states are continuously on the rise so so there is a huge need for for the stuff that you're saying and you know and everybody talks about jobs and there's just less fewer and fewer people that want a job in a service industry so you're right. um but there's tons of people that want jobs with robots you know and and i'm finding that myself and i think you're going to find that also uh in in your in your path is when companies start buying uh solutions like yours or solutions like ours um we it's really been quite easy for me to find people to service those robots because it's a cool job and they can brag on it uh robotics are cool it doesn't make a difference how you cut it um so so tell me about your background then you know what what skills what enabled you to to be able to just say i've got a problem and i'm making gary <laughs> so first of all my career started as a lawyer as an mna tech lawyer i studied law and economics i wanted to become a judge in court uh in order to help and change and impact people's lives and i think this is something that really guides me through my entire career is that i want to make impact on people's life 
So I started as a legal attorney, as an attorney at law. I hated the work. I thought that it doesn't create any type of impact except for my corporate clients who they who make a lot of money. But I felt that I can contribute more to people by trying to find different types of problems that they are facing and trying to find solution for those problems. And when I left law, I started another company in the field of HR tech, helping people just graduating from university, from college, to find their first job while recording themselves for a 30-second interview. And the, 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 the system actually build a transcript based on that specific video, assuming that because of those people doesn't have like don't have the right CV or or don't have the enough experience, their articulate uh, way to to I mean to, arti- uh, to, to to express themselves will help them to find their first job. And the app went really really well. We've been able to uh, sell it to different organizations, and a lot of people found jobs uh, thanks to, to this app. And then we made a small change to the app. We, we've been changing ownership of the app and I decided to help people with the robotics field, but I've been always been occupied with trying to find problems and then trying to find the optimal solutions. Um, I guess this is what guided me my entire career, my, in the past 10 years. So how long were you an attorney before you realized this is just not for me? I, I need to do something different. Too long. Too long. That, that's, <laughs> how I, that's how I feel about my path, my past as a union electrician. So we share this in common. But 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 so too long for me was 11 years. How long was it for you? Six years. Six long years. Six very long years, which were very, very long, Joe. <laughs> So, so do you ever find, I, I'm interested to hear this. So now that, now that I'm doing what I love, I mean, I literally, I don't have to wake up to an alarm clock anymore. I just, I just get up. I'm ready to work like right out of bed. I'm like ready to roll, but i sometimes drive past places where I worked in that career that I didn't love. And I get this like feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, like literally, like I can almost still feel the dread of, of going to that job. Is, is that kind of how it is for you now that you found something that I can tell you obviously love? I think that, yes, definitely I can identify what you're saying, but I think that the most important thing in a workplace, whether you're an employee or whether you're the owner of the workplace, is to have a clear mission and a clear vision. Because once you have those vision and mission, uh, it can be any, any type of mission or any type of vision, but then you will be able to find the right team that shares the same vision and mission with you. And the entire day and the entire aspiration to find the solutions will not be considered as something, uh, I mean, as a as work, it will be considered as part as your day to day activity, and it will make the entire workplace easier, much more, I mean, comfortable to go to, and you'll be going with a smile instead of with a duty or a burden you have to carry. So I think that those places I couldn't, I mean, find common 
space or 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 share this i mean the places which i didn't like going to work for are the places in which i didn't share the same vision or mission with what they seem to have as a mission or a vision so this is a, a tip for me to anybody hearing this is to have a clear vision and mission that can be shared with other team members yeah i, I think that's uh that's a great point and you know that i i think when you have that you know you uh instead of checking your your watch or your clock to see when break time is or when lunch time is or when the end of the day is that you just find yourself doing kind of just the, the day flies by because they're you're actually passionate about what you're actually your mission is and 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 it's a team mission you know it's like you're working on it together so you're accountable to other people on the team you know that that's i think what's cool and i think that's what's really cool about robotics i mean even even when you're talking about uh you know okay so you've got the robot um which is you know what we look at what we see um, but at the end of the day, there has to be some sort of logic or programming or app, you know, basically saying this is the task that you're performing in a linear step-by-step -step, uh, setup. So, so to to not dwell on that too too long, because I want to circle back to the to the bot itself, Gary. So, so Gary obviously has AI. You said it's it's learning all over the world. Yeah. So. You know, in your vision, you know, how how quick is there a Gary 2.0 or how quick does, you know, when, when Gary comes out and Gary's this 10-year-old, like you said, you know, how how quickly does Gary turn into a college graduate in, in your mind? So I think it's, it's a process. It's a process that we are still building. I wouldn't say that we have all the answers. And this is why we opened the project for other developers to help us build it as an open source. Because we feel that the knowledge in the community is much, much bigger than the knowledge any 30 as talented as they can be team will have in, in the lab. So I guess it's a matter of time. I don't have a clear answer, unfortunately, how much time it will take him to go from a college to a college student. My gut feeling tells me it will take between a year to three years until the entire evolution and the community, I mean, the community contribution to that specific issue will be stable enough so I can give an answer. So I can call you and say, hey, Joe, remember our call in 2021? Yes, now it's 2023. And yes, Gary is a college graduate. <laughs> I think it, it will take time. My gut feeling tells me that it will take between a year to three, somewhere in between. All right, so here's what we're going to do. When that happens, we're going to do another podcast and, and we're going to call it, uh, you know, Gary graduated college to 2023, you know, so, so that, that's what we're going to do because I think that'll be pretty awesome. So let's book it now. So, so the, so, uh, okay. So I think it's brilliant that you, you allowed the, the open sourcing and the people around it to, to contribute because um, that is, I think what's so cool about robotics is, 
the robotics community in general, they, we all see things from kind of a different perspective, you know, but when you tie all of those things in, you get one amazing product. So if, if somebody is listening to my podcast right now and they are great at building apps, okay? Like for instance, my daughter and I just built an app, okay? Uh, with a third party, okay? okay? But but now how, you know, how do they tie it in and how, you know, how do they monetize that or make it worth it? Like I, I'm assuming people can just buy those apps and plug them into Gary. Is that how that works? Exactly. There will be a skill store on Gary, integrated into Gary, exactly like people have on their app store. I mean, if they have an iPhone or if they have a, an Android device, so on their Google Play store, it will have like a skill store in which people can upload any type of apps developed by those people. It can be uh, individuals or it can be like uh, software companies that build a certain business app or, or other kind of private app, whatever, and the user will be then um, decide whether he wants to or she wants to pay for the app or not based on the discretion of the developer that uploaded the app to the skill store. It can be either a paid or a free app, depends on the developer discretion. And once the, dev the user downloads the app and start using it, there is a revenue share of 70% going to the developer and 30% going to unlimited robotics. So the developer can actually generate revenues from apps that are functional and are being used by different types of users worldwide. Brilliant. That's amazing. Well, that's good because that's by, by allowing the app developer, you know, this, you know, the 70, 30 split for, for your platform, that's going to basically entice a lot of people to think about apps that can layer onto Gary. So that that's awesome. So how do you know, how do you get Gary in the household? Right. Like, because I, I look at it and say, uh, you know, and I, I, I already did some research, so I'm gonna let you say it, but uh, you know, I look at it and I'm like, man, how much money is it going to cost me to put a Gary in my house? And then, and then I go online and I'm like, this is all it's going to, this is all I have to do to get a Gary. So, so why don't you explain? Because I did see on the site, you know, you can pay monthly or you can just own, you can buy Gary. So can you break yes. into that here? Okay. So our business model basically allows the users to decide whether they want to pay on a monthly basis or they want to pay like a full-time fee and get Gary at once, depends on their discretion. If a user is registered to our waiting list, then that user needs to save a spot for $99. Once Gary is ready, we will contact Unlimited Robotics team, will contact that user and ask whether he wants to pay a monthly installment of $99 or a one-time fee of $5,900. Depends on the user itself. For people who are not registered in the waiting list and will probably get Gary somewhere between spring, uh, somewhere between uh, summer or winter 2022 because those people who are registered to the waiting list will get Gary in spring 2022. Then for those people who are not registered in the waiting list, the monthly cost will be between $129 to $149 per month. Now, putting that aside, each app, as described before, will either be a free app or a paid app, depends on the discretion of the developer. And obviously, the user will be able to choose whether they want to use it or not based on its, I mean, payment method and and that's it. Yes, that's it. That's awesome. So, so you know, I, I, I like the monthly, you know, I, I thought that was pretty awesome. 
because I can tell you nine out of 10 of my robotic mowing customers, I'll, I'll pay monthly, you know? So how does that work then with the warranty on the monthly? So uh, it, it, when you're paying the monthly, is it always covered or is it only covered for a certain amount of time? Can you go into that too? So the basic warranty is 12 month warranty. This is something for sure. The extended warranty for the, the other 12 months, I mean, for a period extending the 12 months, will cost between a dollar to a dollar and a half per month just to make sure that we are on the same page. But it will be a basic fee covering minimal costs for fixing, if needed, uh, parts of Gary. That's awesome. I so see, like, like, that's cool to see you guys are kind of figuring that stuff out because it's just, it's questions people are going to have, you know, and I'm, okay. I'm hoping that, you know, when people hear it, they they don't have to do much research and they do it. So, because I can tell you, like, even hearing what you said, I, I like I said, when the show started, no doubt in my mind, I want one at my automated outdoor dealership, likely will get one in my house. Because like you said, I mean, one of the reasons I don't even say that I have a, a Roomba, which uh, you know, when I had Helen Grenier on the show, she couldn't believe I'm the robot. Uh, I, I, I'm automatic success and I don't have a Roomba in my house, but I don't have it because I have two dogs and there's dog toys always all over the place. And I'm thinking I would always have to like clean pick my house every day before the, the, the vacuum comes out. But I could literally tell Gary, pick this up, pick this up. Don't let this be here. And between Gary and my Roomba, my, my house will always be vacuumed, you know, and this is kind of well, where sure. I see it. Gary just kind of being like that constant housekeeper, just kind of keeping everything picked up and straight straightened. For sure. Yes. Things that Gary will not be able to do at first step. It will not be able to fold the laundry because it requires very, very gentle motoric with the fingers. And this is something that currently, currently, I'm saying currently because we may solve this in the next couple of months but currently it doesn't know how to fold the laundry but besides that potentially gary can do almost anything that the maid does potentially anything obviously depends on the apps and 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 the development process which should be quite easier for a programmer but we built it that way with all the functionalities, with all the devices, with all the sensors, with all the cameras, with all the, the interactions that potentially can perform 90 plus percent of the homework made by a standard mate. All right. So there's cameras and people are going to wonder this. I'm even wondering it myself. Okay. So how do you, is there a way to shut the cameras off? Let's say, let's say I, I'm walking around my house in my bedroom naked and I don't want to, you know, so how, how do you basically disable it? Is it a verbal command, like shut down cameras? Like how does that work? So physically Gary will arrive with a cover on each camera, like uh, an hardware that covers the cameras themselves. So you'll know, not just by saying to you, hey, Joe, trust us, we're not recording anything, Gary's not recording anything. No, you will see the cover on each of the cameras. However, when you tell Gary to do stuff because Gary needs the cameras to be, I mean, to be open, to, to see what Gary is doing, then you will need to physically take off the cover and then Gary can work properly. If Gary is not being taken, the cameras uh, covered off, he will tell you, hey, Joe, I cannot perform the activity because I cannot see anything. Uh, 
Now, another thing that we're working on is to blur the silhouette of people who Gary identifies as humans inside the environment. For, for example, kids. We are not allowing Gary to take any type of recordings of kids. So if Gary identified a silhouette of a human shape, immediately the internal part of this silhouette will be blurred for Gary itself. Nobody will able to take out the recording to see what is going on in Joe's house in terms of the kids, not talking about the grown-ups, but I'm talking about specifically for kids. So this is something we consider very, very seriously. The privacy of the users is something that we always think about. Obviously, there may be some stuff that we haven't think about. So I invite the audience to put up any type of idea for us to protect their privacy on our skill portal board, on which we read almost on a daily basis, and we learn what kind of feedbacks or, or suggestions or recommendations users have with regard to different types of activity Gary may, may perform. And among others, we will be happy to learn what would be the privacy preventions or types of activity that the user recommends us to take in order to keep their privacy, I mean, as we should. Right, so I'm, I'm very impressed um, that you guys thought about that. I mean, there's some of the questions I was gonna ask you, but you, you've already thought about it. You know, I mean, it's one of the, th things that, that you know you do have to be concerned about but you guys already have a solution for it and uh, I think that's that's totally awesome so so you know you kind of told us a little bit of the background so you know you said you were an attorney um, but you had to somehow learn about this stuff right or are you a self-educator you know how, how, how did you go from uh, attorney to robot developer <laughs> So if there is one person in the human history which I admire, except from my mother, is Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci for me is a person who, if I had one opportunity to sit with for, for a cup of coffee and just listen, this would be the person. And I think what was very impressive about da Vinci was the ability to learn things from scratch and always challenge yourself to go outside of the box, both in the thinking, in the creativity, and in the knowledge that you acquire during your journey in this life. So I think I adopted, not in Da Vinci, and I'm not even close, but I adopted the concept of going outside of the box and learning something new every day. So I learned programming, I learned design, I learned UI and UX for mobile applications. I learned marketing. I learned product management. So I wouldn't say I'm Mark Zuckerberg. I wouldn't say I'm uh, like the best programmer in the world. But those tools that I learned have been taught me to ask the relevant questions and to think in terms of a very general concept about things, about problems and about the solutions that I want to find. So I guess it doesn't matter where you start your journey. It matters the way you go through each day of your life, learning something new and putting this experience in the bag 
while going in the road on the road and taking out from the bag the things that you need in order to solve the different challenges that you're you get in during the the journey amazing and i think that's uh i, I think that's when i most entrepreneurs that i talk to they're all daily learners and we're all kind of learning from our community of of other people around us you know so i i, I think it's amazing um so what uh let's see so is there a reason i mean you kind of told me like why you wanted to develop this but are, were you always passionate about trying to make a robot that coexisted with people you know i mean it almost seems like very jetsony like sci-fi ish you know i mean as a kid have you been like oh my god i'm gonna have a robot one day or kind of go into that a little i love balancing in life i love the spirit and i like the material i like literature and music and i also like business and money and i think that it's inevitable that the balance between man and machine will reach to a certain level in which we will live in coexistence with each other. And if we're going that way, and this is my belief, at least I want to have an impact on the way we coexist with each other. So if I can contribute at a certain level to the interactions between man and machine, I prefer it will be me that's trying to solve this challenge than somebody else. Um, so this is why I thought to jump into this pool, very complicated, very interesting, very challenging pool of, of problems and, and potential solutions, um, mostly because I'm interested in balancing between things in life. Awesome. So how long, so like, how long is Gary's work day? You know, how long can Gary work for Gary needs to charge up? So Gary workday on a full battery will be between 10 to 12 hours, depends on the amount of work that or the type of work that he needs to do. Charging will take between five to seven hours, depends on the battery uh, run out. But yeah, generally, this is uh, the amount of time that uh, he will be needing. So most of your orders, are they, what, what parts of the world are they coming from? U.S. and Canada. California. Really? Yeah, yeah, a lot of from California, Canada, British Columbia, some from Europe, but mostly from the U.S. and Canada. So when I receive mine, how is it going to show up? You know, is it just going to show up in a box? How much assembly is needed? Assembly would not be needed at all. It will arrive as a full grown Gary like the 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 robot itself and it has it will have the docking station on which Gary will go and charge itself and that's it basically that's it that's pretty cool I I uh all right so you know where do you think this can go for you you know I mean obviously you got hundreds of orders okay I I don't even think you know obviously you're early you've got people that are just kind of i don't want to say it the way that i'm thinking in my head but kind of just the geek out about robots right like guys like me that are like ah, i'm gonna get one of these you know but but eventually people will see them and be like i'm gonna get one it'll kind of be like the robot vacuum cleaner so 
A, you know, how, how do you guys think you'll handle that adoption curve? Because um, right now I'm assuming, where are they shipping from? You know, I mean, where do they get manufactured right now in Israel? China. China. Oh, in China. China. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so they'll have to come from there, um, you know, and then when they do need warranty service, how do you guys handle that? You know, what, what are your thoughts kind of getting bigger picture? So we're definitely going to open up an assembly center in the U.S., Seems like it will be either opened in Texas or in California. Somewhere in those two territories will open up both a service center and an assembly center because we want to maybe manufacture the parts. Not all the parts are manufactured, obviously, in China, but to assemble everything and make it a USA made in the USA for people in the U.S. So these are the plans. Because we're currently just beginning with the manufacturing, this is why we decided to make it in China. But this was just a tactic decision before we go deeper into opening up the centers where we want to focus, which is the U.S. market. So I'm going to give you a little advice from a guy that's in the United States. Texas would make more sense, in my opinion, for you because it's centrally located and you don't have that big mountain range to get stuff from from California out to, to the East Coast. So um, it's some of the, it's I'm kind of looking into these same types of things for stuff that I'm doing in, in the mowing field. So I just if for what it's worth, you know, I I'm dealing with somebody out of Sweden that got started with stuff in California and the shipping is so much to get anything out of California. And if he would have started in Texas, it would have been way better for their company. So for what it's worth, that's my opinion. No, no, that, that's, a, that's a great advice. We also look at Tesla, for example, and Tesla, I think announced a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, that they will move their main center from wherever they are located, I think in North California to Texas, to Austin, Texas. So we yeah. do look at those companies and I think it makes a lot of sense to move it to Texas or to other territories, which are, I mean, geographically located in a central area from which they can distribute it to different types of, of states in, in the US. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I'm in the Chicago area and, you know, I mean, you've got a big body of water right there with Lake Michigan, so you can still get, uh, uh, ocean vessels in there to, to offload cargo. So, yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, central is key. And, and, and like I said, just the, the issues for me to get stuff from California, like when I look at ground shipping, it's crazy how much more money it is because of the mountains. So, um, so, okay. It, we'll get a, away from that. So, so tell me about your family. You said you've got three amazing kids, uh, which yes. inspired this amazing invention. I, an idea, uh, so so tell me about them tell me how old they are uh tell me about the the, the mother that that basically brought those kids in the world you know let, let me learn about your background she, she's also she's also very patient to all my craziness about entrepreneurship and then projects so i have to appreciate her patience as well she's an amazing mother and amazing wife um my kids ages are 10 7 and 5 and obviously, as every father says about his kids, I adore them. My life surrounds them. And I like the way they found they find solutions as kids for problems 
which I think may be complicated. Like one of my favorite books at all times is The Little Prince. And I recommend each of the audience listening to us to go and buy it and read it because it doesn't matter what age you are. The Little Prince brings you back to the memories and the creativities and the simple things uh, that you have been doing if you were a nine-year-old, a 10-year-old, a five-year-old kid. So I really like the innocent creativity and the optimistic view of life that kids have. It, it, always, is, it always amazes me. Yeah. Well, and kids have imagination still, right? They haven't, they haven't been told to focus on something and just do it. They're, they're constantly uh, imagining and daydreaming, which quite frankly, I think that's what entrepreneurs do. That's what makes the difference between uh, an entrepreneur and, and, and a worker be, you know, or a chief or an Indian is, you know, as they say it, you know, is that you, uh, you, you're just constantly imagining and that's what kids do. And it, it is inspiring to see kids, kind of figuring out problems on their own and learning along the way, you know? So, right. so can you see, you know, it, it, so for me, like I always say, like with my daughter, you know, it's like, I told my daughter from a very young age that I saw so much of myself and her, she just didn't recognize it yet. And now, and now she's kind of realizing, oh my gosh, I, just, I am my dad, you know? So, I mean, are there any of your kids that are more like you than, than they, than they realize and one that's more like your wife or are they still too young yet for these characters to emerge? So each of them is very, very different from the other, even though they are siblings, right? And each of them, I, I when I looked at the, when I look at them, I see different qualities and characteristics, both for me and my wife. One is very detailed oriented, which is very like my wife. The other is very charismatic, which is very like myself. One is very creative in terms of arts, which is very like my wife. The other is very creative. It, it, it is amazing to see how different they are. And I, something that is very important for me as a father, as a team player, as, as an employer of people, is to identify the different and, 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 and empower it. I think that different is good. I don't want to be part of the same, I mean, assembly line, the same part as Charlie Chaplin had in his movie, like in the 20s. I want people to be different because each and every one of us is going through a journey, in my opinion, and should bring out different stuff from and take out different stuff from the journey and bring back to the community or to the road that he's going through. And this is why I, I always ask them to bring out the different and to focus on that, not on the general stuff, comply with everything, like be outside of the box. And I think outside of the box is, is a phrase that, that we repeated during this conversation because I don't think people should be in the box. <laughs> Yep, I, I totally agree. So, uh, um, so do you think? Um, so, so why do you think that mainly it's the United States and Canada looking at the robots right now? Like, do you think there's a 
I mean, do you think there's a reason that that we're into it? Because because it's kind of strange for me to hear you say that. Because when it comes to robotic lawn mowing, it's actually the opposite. It's uh, you know Germany and Sweden, and you know there's two million robotic lawnmowers in Sweden, but there's hardly any in the United States yet. So I'm just I was interested in in you saying that. So I think the people who are going into the waiting list for Gary are the same people who purchased the Oculus, the the, the Oculus for from Facebook. I have, they, I have an Oculus. Okay, so, so you see, <laughs> yeah. so they are very. When when I talk to them and I I try to talk to each and every one of them, is to understand what was the motivation. Who are these people? Because for me, is setting the expectations right for the first people that are buying Gary is very important. And what I get to discover is that those people are very tech savvy, tech oriented. They like new things, new consumer electronics, new gadgets. They want to explore. They're very curious about technology. So if you ask me to identify the common, I mean, the common basic elements of those uh, partners of us, those customers is that they are very tech oriented. So I think that most of them, if and if not all of them, all of the people who are in the waiting list are very tech savvy. Not sure that they will be the majority of people buying Gary, I mean, in the near future, but for now, for sure, this is something that we see. Uh, well, and that makes sense. The people that are, the people that are willing to get it even though it has some limited, you know, it, it does have limited tasks are the people that like myself that are like, this is cool. I'm going to have a robot moving around my house doing stuff that I don't want to do. Um, once, once, once the AI comes out and all the different apps come out, then you'll have solutions based Gary, which is Gary will be bought for a specific task, unloading dishes at a restaurant's dishwasher, every day every minute uh making pizzas at a pizza place every day and then that's where you'll probably be getting the europeans and everybody right so so exactly so so i'm actually glad we broke that down because that's kind of an interesting thing and it kind of makes sense to why um you know why my robotic mowers haven't been flying off shelves in the United States unless I put them in a service model because nobody wants to try to figure out because there's nothing sexy about it. There's there's nothing sexy about something that moves around your yard and cuts the grass, but having a robot move around your your house and can climb stairs and learn that's kind of sexy. That's that's kind of cool to to a tech person. So so I, I like it. So. So do you have any mentors, you know, who, who is your biggest guiding light in your life? You know, obviously, obviously you, you sound like a great dad, you're a family guy. So I'm assuming, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm making this assumption that you come from a strong family background. Am I right by assuming this? Yes. My parents are awesome. Specifically my mother who taught me so much about how to overcome failure. And I think that this was a great, great lessons that she taught me over the years because failure is inevitable. You're going to fail at some point of your life, some way or the other. But for me as a parent, as a teacher for my kids, I think that the best lesson will be teaching them how to overcome those failures, how to learn from your mistakes and improve for the next time. And if you 
can create the right methodologies for overcoming failures at an early age, you'll be able to do that on a later age and nothing can actually impact you for worse. It can only make you feel better and better because for every failure, if you learn out of it, you'll get better out of it. So it's always for the best for you. And I think this is a great lesson that my mother taught me through my entire life. And it's an ongoing lesson. It's not something that you just say once and, 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 and that's it. And yes, yeah, she was very, she is very Im impactful on my life. I think that, you know what, a lot of people that I met during my life, not specifically one, but each of them taught me a different lesson, very important lesson that I take with me. And my mother always used to say that we have two ears and one mouth, so we can listen twice, then we speak. And if we listen twice, then we speak, then we hear more and we learn more than we actually, I mean, I mean, speaking. So, yeah. Uh, so from every person that I met and I'm still meeting during all, um, on, on my road, on my journey, I learn a lot and they are influential for me as, as, as others. Yeah. Well, this is the whole reason I, I have my podcast because it, uh, it forces me to listen and talk less because I, I like to talk and, and, and one of my, uh, one of my mentors back when I was in my early twenties, that's what he used to say all the time, you know? Uh, say, same thing. God gave you two ears and one mouth, so you listen twice as much as you speak. So that's that's interesting. So so does your mom have a Gary yet? You know, I feel like if if I was the inventor and developer of a Gary, uh, the first person that would get it would be my mom. You know, so, uh, so for sure, for sure. <laughs> By the way, the the platform uh, the platform name is Raya, and Raya is the name of my mother the platform for the developers. So it's after her name. But once Gary is released from the lab, after we do all the QAs and everything at the end of the month, the first person who will get it is my mother. So what did your wife think about that? <laughs> <laughs> she right? understands. She, she understands. Understand. That's good. She's you said she's a good wife. That's good. She understood. Exactly. As I said, she's very patient about my craziness and my enthusiastic about my entrepreneurship's project. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, it, so you know, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I ask everybody on the show, like what, what they, you know, what their legacy is going to be, what, what you want to be remembered by or about, you know, and you're a pretty young guy. So sometimes it's hard when I ask people this because it's like, this may not be, you may be just getting started. I feel like I'm just getting started, right? I'm 42, but, but at the end of the day, we all kind of have the thought of, if you know, if this was the last thing we did, what, what do we want to be remembered by? So go ahead with that. So I would be remembered, first of all, by my kids as a great example of a mensch of a, a human being, a person who respects others, a person who gives a lot of space to other people's opinion and respects the different types of people around him are have the same type of, I mean, the same rights and, and obligation as him. So this is the first, I mean, 
element that I want to leave after I'm not I'm not here anymore. The second one is on the society. I would like to leave here this I mean the the philosophy in which you can always do better, but the journey is not less important than the goal. Even I mean, sometimes it's even more important. Kobe Bryant uh, used to say there is no I in team, uh, but then there is an I in win. Kobe Bryant really focused on the goal of winning, but I think that with all the respect, he was wrong. Why? Because the journey to get to the goal is not less important. So for me, if people will be... A, some that, I mean, ever interested in the road that I've been going through. Hopefully, the goal will be a great achievement of building unlimited robotics to be a very impactful company on human being, on human society, on businesses and home environments. But at the end of the day, I want to leave here a memory that you should never give up during the way or your road to reach a certain goal. So for me, this is the philosophy that has been, I don't know, part of my life ever since I was a little kid. Well, great answer. I, I, I love it. So most people don't give me a two-part legacy, one for their kids and one one for their professional life. So I'm impressed. You, you might have, you, you're, you're a top level uh, earner on, <laughs> on, on, on that last question. So, so Guy, I appreciate your time. I think this is a perfect spot to 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 just say uh, I learned a lot. It's a perfect spot to say we are going to have another show, uh, maybe in a year, maybe in two years. I, I urge anybody to uh, to to go and take a look. What is what is the website? What what do they go to? I I looked it up in my research, so, but uh, you so know, it's to, w to find w out about w So it's www.unlimitedifenrobotics.com. So go check this thing out. It's pretty cool. Actually, it's really cool. And uh, and and then I'm going to show you a picture of mine at my dealerships. And then hopefully this just turns into something I put into my fixed labor burden rate at the dealership. And it becomes the, one of the things that, that my customers just come to know our dealerships about. So I think this is totally cool. <laughs> you will make so. me a very happy person. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to invite you to check out AutomatingSuccessShow.com where you can watch each episode's best business automation and growth strategies and download Joe's 11 keys to automating your business for maximum growth. Please follow us on Instagram at AutomatingSuccessShow for more helpful automating business tips, tricks, and silly memes on maximizing growth and productivity. If you felt any benefit from this show, please let us know by leaving an iTunes review, sharing this episode on social media, and emailing a link to anyone you think would also find benefit.